hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Here as we look at this passage, the Apostle Paul, as he is writing to these believers uh, in Colossae, he goes from the uh, character of who the people were supposed to be to the conduct of what they were supposed to do. You know, as a believer, there are, there are things that we are supposed to be. It's not knowledge of what we're just what we're supposed to do. It is, I am supposed to be something. Because of what Christ has done for me, I should not have the same, uh, the same nature. Uh, my life should not be the same as I was before Christ. The Bible tells us, behold, all things, uh, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And, and so here now we have this shift, and it goes from the character of the individual uh, to the conduct of the individual. And in this, uh, we see a, uh, a, a verse, and it's going to be our text verse this morning. It says, and let the peace of God, verse 15, rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. So now, now here the Apostle Paul, he is writing not just to the individuals, he is writing to the body, to the whole body. Now, with that, he is writing to the individual body of the church in Colossae, but he is also talking about the, the body of Christ as a whole. And as he's talking to the body of Christ as a whole, we have to remember that body has not yet assembled. All right? Uh, so we can't take that frame and say, well, he's just generally speaking about all believers. Uh, though he is speaking to believers, the Lord is not caught in this uh, spectrum of time like we are. Things have to happen for them to be a reality to us. Like, who's going to win the championship today? Who are, you, who are you rooting for? You'd like the Kings to win. All right, okay. Uh, and, and so, uh, anyway, there's, there, there are events, but for us, they have to transpire before we know what the reality is going to be. That's not the case for Christ. He's outside time. He already is when the world is not. Isn't that just amazing to think? Nothing, when you got saved, the Bible tells us that you were saved from the foundation of the world. Now, the Calvinists, they've got this all wrong. They, feel, they believe that, that you were saved, uh, that you are predestined to be saved, and that God is choosing some for heaven and some for hell. 
No, it is all tied to the foreknowledge of God. And God's foreknowledge, God knows who is going to accept him. Uh, God didn't have to wait to write my name down in the Lamb's Book of Life, April 23rd of 1983. He knew it was going to happen before he ever even created the world's. Pretty amazing God that we serve, isn't it? And there are lots of verses to back that up. Uh, don't let a Calvinist back you into the corner uh, and try to get you to uh, doubt your salvation or the assurance of your salvation. Uh, we'd have to take John 3.16 out of the Bible. We would have to take whosoever will uh, out of the Bible. We'd have to take John 1, 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. There are a whole lot of verses that we would have to remove from Scripture. They take a few verses and, uh, and they use those, and I don't have time this morning. I've got them in my notes, but I don't have time uh, to go through them with you this morning and to really break these down. But what we do have is we we have God talking to the whole body, all believers, whoever will live, and he is, as he is giving this information, we were called into one body. Now, with that being the case, we now have an expectation by God on us. He has an expectation. Parents, do you have expectations for your kids? Yeah, absolutely. You've got expectations. There are certain things that you do in your family. It's just how your family does it. Uh, there were uh, things that we would tell our kids. Uh, that's like, well, so-and-so does it this way or so-and-so does it. Browns do this. This is, this is what we do. And, and so uh, we, there, is a, there is a family unit. Now, when God is talking about the body here, he is talking about the believers as a unit, all of the believers as a body. And, and what he does is he gives us some instruction. He says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Now, he's already told us some things that we need to do in the verses previous. He, he told us uh, that we were uh, to be holy. Uh, we were to have bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearance. Uh, we are uh, to be forgiving. He lists all of these things that he expects. But now he is saying that we are to let the peace of God rule in our hearts to the which also ye are called in one body. So now, with this, when we think about peace, we think about peace just for me. But when God's talking about peace, God is talking about peace for the body. The importance of you having peace isn't so you can have peace. Amen. The importance of you having peace is that you bring peace to the body. Have you ever had somebody that was just antagonistic? And everywhere they went, they just brought tension. That's not God's plan. 
Oh, it's just my personality. Change it. Boy, I'll tell you, there's a whole thing, a lot of things I've had to change about me. (laughs) And here we find that God is saying that we need to have peace in our life, not just so we can sleep well. But because of what we can bring, because we were called in one body, we need to bring peace to the body. But here the Bible doesn't just say have peace. He says let peace. That means that peace is available. That means that if you do not have peace, Your fault. Ouch. How many of you want peace? I want peace. I want peace in my house. Whatever that lady wants, she gets. Mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. She get whatever she wants. Why? I want peace. But more so than that, the Bible says I need to let peace. That means that I have to give permission. I have to allow peace to reign. He He says, and let the peace of God. What's that next word? What a word. This is the only time you find this word in the word of God. This Greek word here for rule, it is to control. This this word rule here is a word that it means to, to restrict, to guide, to control to legislate. If it was baseball season, it would be the umpire. The one that is calling the shots. It would be the ref who's on the court with the whistle, the enforcement of those rules, the judging of what is acceptable. And here God says, Let peace, therefore, rule in your mortal bodies. We are are to allow God's word, we are to allow the peace that God has for us guide us in our life. Now, this is a scary thing. This is a scary thing because I have heard so many times over the years, people say, well, preacher, I have peace about this. When it's directly violating biblical principle. Well, I've got peace. That's not the same type of peace. There's a difference then. And so here as we look at that, we're in our series for next steps. 
and, and we looked uh, with these next steps where we are going to be, uh, we looked at the, uh, the, ch- the need for the church, that profession, participation. We looked last week at our, at our giving and generosity. But this morning, we are going to look at the next step, the pursuit of peace. The pursuit of peace. God wants you to have peace. Amen. God wants you to have the right kind of peace. And so let's pray together. Father, I do pray that you would take take these next few moments. And Lord, help me to help these people. I pray that all of us uh, would allow the word of God to have freedom to work in our lives. May we uh, be attentive, receptive. Uh, Lord, may we uh, put the walls, bring the walls down and allow uh, you to just lead us. Uh, reveal to us areas that we need to grow in, areas that we need to strengthen. And so work now, please, for Christ's sake we pray. Amen. So here when we look at this, uh, this, per, this peace, uh, God wants us to have peace. And, and uh, uh, peace is a condition that can only truly be, a, be achieved when you are right with God. That is the only way for us truly to have peace. You know what what salvation brings ultimately? It brings peace with God. It brings peace. God gives us peace uh, because of salvation. Uh, And and we see that Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace peace with God. But peace, though, we see that it is a fruit of the Spirit. Go to Galatians chapter 5, and I'll lay some groundwork here before we get into the message. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, a familiar passage, and many of you will know these verses this morning. But Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, the Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit So this is the fruits, this is the result of the Spirit of God working in the hearts of God's people, all right? It is going to bring about some fruit in your life. And he says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, what's that next word? Peace. So we know here that peace is a spirit, it is a spiritual fruit, amen? So we see this peace that is given, it is, a, it is a spiritual fruit. Now, just because you're saved does not mean you have these things. These fruits are the result of God working in the life. There is, there is tilling up the, the hard soil. There is the picking of rocks. The breaking up of the clumps. There is the furrowing of the rose. There is the planting of the seed. There is the watering, nurturing, and a whole lot of labor that ever gets to fruit. So, so we're not talking about somebody just getting saved and now all these things just show up. If these things are going to be in you, they are going to be in you because as the Spirit of God works in your life, that you have allowed him to work and you are submitting yourself to him and God's word uh, and the truths of God's word are working in effect in our lives and because of that working, we will see these fruits in our life. Amen? 
All right, so this is something, it's a, it's a fruit uh, that works in our life. So here when we look at this again, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in uh, one body and be thankful. Let the word of uh, Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So now with that, he is talking about our part in this whole process. So with us having peace in our heart, it is going to result in the church, the body, edifying, exhorting, strengthening each other. God doesn't give us peace just so we can feel good. When we think about peace, most of us don't think about unity in the church. But a church will not have unity unless the believers have peace in their hearts. And church unity is a result. This is part of what God is talking about in this process about being called into one body, uh, about us having this peace. And the result is that we are going to edify one another. We're going to lift up one another. We're going to uh, be praising the Lord with the, uh, with the music as well. And we see this, uh, these, uh, we see this uh, result of this thing called peace. So this letting, allowing peace rule in our heart, uh, that uh, it is to factor decisively, to rule. Uh, and, and with that, uh, Warren Wiersbe said this. He said, the peace of God is the umpire in our believing hearts and churches. When we obey the word of God, uh, when we obey the will of God, we have his peace within. But when we step out of his will, even unintentionally, we lose his peace. Peace has nothing to do with circumstances. Think about that. Our peace has nothing to do with our circumstances. You can have peace no matter what you're going through. Did you see me earlier reach up and grab something? Now I feel like there's a bug crawling on me. There was a spider all of a sudden that came down right in front of me. Now I feel like it's on me. <laughs> so peace, it has nothing to do with our circumstances. So we look at this and we see that sometimes there are people that say they have peace but it's not a Bible piece. It's not a biblical piece. So we're going to look at three pieces this morning. Number one, we're going to see a false piece. A false piece. Take your Bibles, go to the book of Jonah. Jonah. How many agree with me that when you don't have peace, you lose sleep? Yeah? I mean, that is a major contributor 
for, for us to lose sleep is that we, we just don't have peace. And I'm not saying that you don't have peace if you have trouble sleeping. I'm just saying uh, oftentimes when that is the reality, uh, that is uh, a, uh, something that we find. Jonah, go to Jonah chapter number one. And let's look together at verse number one. The Bible says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. Now notice here, Jonah is going the wrong direction. He is fleeing from the presence of the Lord. God told him to go, uh, go to, uh, to Nineveh, and he is going the opposite direction, and he is headed uh, to, uh, to Joppa here. Uh, he flees to Tarshish, and he goes down to Joppa, uh, and the Bible says that he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And, and the little statement there, when you run from God's presence, you will pay the fare. You will pay. There are consequences for our actions. We have a gracious God, but that doesn't remove consequences. He loves us regardless. But when we make bad decisions, there's consequences. Verse number four, it says, But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. Jonah, I can just imagine, I got peace. God, you want me to go this way, but I'm going this way, and I got peace about it. Everybody else is fearful for their life, and Jonah is down in the belly of the ship, sleeping. You know, just because you have peace doesn't mean that it's God's peace. There are people that seem to have peace in their life, but they are running from God. Preacher, everything's good in my life. It's okay. Right. We'll see. There is a false peace. And just because we can convince ourselves that it's okay doesn't mean it's okay. Because under that ship there was a whale. And Jonah is going to find himself being cast into that sea, into that storm. You know what? When he's in the whale, he no longer has peace. You see, we see a missed peace. Uh, you, 
you, you can see later how he runs from God. And, uh, and in that, uh, God ends up bringing Jonah around and God gave him another chance. Praise the Lord. Don't allow a false sense of peace and security make you feel like everything's good between you and God. Because if we are not submitting to his will, we are not submitting to his word, then that peace may not be a godly peace. We see a miss, a false peace. Go to Ruth, chapter number one. Ruth chapter number one. In Ruth chapter number one, we find another story. The Bible says, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malan and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons, and they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelled there about 10 years, and Malan and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Now, the, word, the term Bethlehem Judah, it means the house of bread. It was the house of plenty. The Bible tells us that there was a famine in that land. And as there was a famine in Bethlehem, Judah, uh, we find uh, Naomi and Elimelech, they decide that they were going to move uh, down from California down to Texas. <laughs> and so uh, they looked and said, you know what? It is not good here. And I'm not saying that directly here. But the reality is there are people that leave God's will for their life so often for a dollar, for convenience. In these days, because of political pressure, If God can't take care of us right here, he can't take care of us there. Amen. And what happens if all the light leaves California? Maybe God planted us here for such a time as this. Amen. And so here, Malan and we, we find uh, Naomi and Elimelech, they decide that they are going to go down to Moab. Now, I want you to try to grab a hold of the importance here. Moab, the Moabites were the enemies of God's people. I'm not talking about that they were competitors. I'm talking, not talking about they, they had a different sports team than what we have. They were the enemies of God. And here they choose because it got hard where they were at to move where they thought it would be easier. I can just imagine them talking to the preacher. 
the prophet back in the day. You know, preacher, I've got, I got peace about it. It's hard to get a job here. There's not enough food. Well, how did everybody else in Bethlehem, Judah, survive if there was no food? Perspective is everything. And here now they determine that they are going to leave. They go down to Bethlehem, Judah, or go down to Moab. They went down and it was just to sojourn. The word sojourn means for a short visit. It would, it would be like uh, our military when you would, you would get sent TD, TDY. TDY, it was just a temporary, uh, temporary order to a location and then you're coming right back. That's what sojourn is. But the Bible says that they dwelled there. They dwelled there for 10 years. And the preacher I'm imagining was, well, what about church? Is there a church there? Oh, I'm sure there, we can find another one down there. What about your kids? Who are they going to grow up and who's going to influence them? Well, you know, I'm sure there's some good people among the Moabites. Who are they going to marry? Oh, you know, all those rules about, you know, following and following God's, you know, all that doesn't probably really matter. And they end up marrying two heathen girls. Lost. We think about that and we know the end of the story and how God took it and he could make something good out of it. But that's not normally what happens. Here now we find that Elimelech dies, Malan and Chilean die. Now we have Naomi destitute in a heathen land without the support of her country, her family. Now she ends up coming back. Ruth comes back with her. But we find that when she returns, they said, is this Naomi? You know what? Sin, it has an impact on us. People that live a hard life, you can see it on them. And whatever happened in this time frame, there was something about Naomi, and they could see that there was a difference. And she says, don't call me Naomi, which means pleasant. Call me Mara, which means bitter. She said, the hand of the Almighty hath dealt bitterly with me. She has a different view of Moab than she had a few years ago. Don't let a false peace lead you into a wrong place. Don't allow, just say, well, you know, I'm comfortable with this. That doesn't mean it's the peace of God leading you and ruling. 
God's peace lines up with God's word. It lines up with God's principles. And, and here uh, we, we see this false peace and these people that were uh, hurt because of it. Jonah, he had a false peace. Uh, Naomi and Elimelech, and there are many others that we could go through scripture and see where they had, they acted on a decision. And they, I am sure they said, I have got peace about this, but it did not work out. So we have a false peace. Number two, we have a missed peace. A missed peace. Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. The Bible says, in the same day when the, when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now think about this. The disciples are with the Lord in a ship. Is that ship going to sink? Is it going to sink? No. Absolutely not. The Lord, when they wake him up, the Lord's got peace. That peace was available to the disciples in the middle of a storm, but they did not avail themselves of it. They missed it. God's presence brings peace. God's presence won't just calm the storm, it'll calm your soul. And here these disciples who were with the Lord, they could have been just looking around at the storm thinking, wow, I wonder how much worse it's going to get, but nothing's happening to us. God's got this under control. You know what, Christian? God has it under control. He's got it under control. No matter what your situation is, no matter what your storm is, and I'm not saying that the storm is not real. I'm not saying that the storm is, is going to uh, not be hurtful or painful. But what I am saying is when Christ is with us, we can have Peace. The Lord looked at him and said, He said, He said, Have ye uh, no peace? He said, Why are you so fearful? How is it, how is it that ye have no faith? He said, your, your condition is revealing that your faith, your trust in me is not there. And when we have faith, we have trust, there can be peace. In the middle of a storm, 
these disciples, their lack of faith caused them to miss the peace that was available to them. If the Lord is with you, you can experience true peace. Uh, Peace in turmoil, peace in trials, peace in trouble. It doesn't matter. There is peace that is available to us. And I wish I could say that I always availed myself of that peace, but I don't always avail myself of it. Uh, But it is available. And God's peace is there. Don't miss it. Don't miss the peace that can be ours. Bible tells us in Romans 8.31, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Whatever the enemy is, whoever the adversary is, uh, we can still have peace. Isaiah 40, 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Let me tell you, there is something peaceful about watching an eagle soar. One time I was up in uh, Canada uh, we were on, I was on a fishing trip, and uh, as we were going through out on the, the boat and uh, this charter, and as we were going between these islands, uh, and, the, and the eagles were following right behind the boat. They knew that when fish were caught, that uh, there was going to be uh, some uh, pieces tossed over, and, uh, and they were just waiting. But they would just soar, just glide, and they would just come in right behind the boat, and then they would fly right back up into the sky. What a peaceful situation. That's available. We can have peace in our soul. We should let the peace of God rule in our hearts. So there's a false peace, there's a missed peace. Lastly, there's perfect peace. Perfect peace. Psalm 37, 37. Mark the perfect man and behold the upright for the end of that man is peace. You know what God's saying? He's saying, look at that person that is mature. Look at that, that person that is following my will. You'll see somebody, you will observe the end of that, and you will see peace in their life. Nobody gets through life without turmoil. Nobody gets through life without hurt, heartache. Some of it will be financially, some of it will be relationally, others will be be physically, But what do we find? We find that we can have peace no matter what the situation. 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Talking about being mature. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace and the God of love and peace shall be with you. Isaiah 26, 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Called Uh, because he trusteth in thee. And then Colossians 3.15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. You see, God's peace, it's available for all of us. But God's peace is going to come as we are being obedient to his word. 
If we have peace and we are in violation, we are directly disobeying God's word, that peace isn't a real peace. It's a substitute. It's a counterfeit. And it should cause us concern. Because if I feel peace knowing I'm not right with God, then that peace is not God's peace. And there is one that can transform himself into an angel of light. The devil is a counterfeiter. And he will give a wrong peace. Why? So we don't change anything. I don't want to have peace that doesn't come from God. I want God's peace in my life. And this peace is available. We go back to and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That is a decision that we have to make. You see, false peace, missed peace, or perfect peace. Do we have peace in our soul? I'm not just talking about can we look like we have peace. I'm talking about when you lay your head on your pillow at night. And your thoughts are still running. Is there peace in your soul? There's nothing like it. There's something about knowing that you are in God's will and there is a peace that passes all understanding. God is so good to us. That peace is available. But don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself that some other peace is good enough. People that are looking for peace in drugs. That's not peace. Feel so good. That's not peace. But there is a peace that God will give. And it will beat anything that this world can ever offer. Say, Pastor, how does this work into next steps? Because when we don't have peace, we don't bring peace. You know why churches have problems? Because God's people don't deal with their stuff. And if we don't deal with our stuff, you know what we do? We bring it to everybody else. Well, I don't tell anybody. You don't have to. It just comes out. Does anybody have to walk up to you and say, I don't have peace? But you can walk through a crowd and you can see the people that don't want you to say hi. They don't want you to bother them. Right? You can just see that wall. 
It's there. God wants us to allow peace to rule in our hearts. When we get the peace this way, we can have peace this way. When the child of God has the peace of God in his life, you know what's going to happen to the church? The church is going to have unity. It all goes back to we are called into one body. It comes back to the operation of the church, of the body. Peace is not just for us, though we can sure enjoy it. Peace is, when we have peace with God, we can have peace then with others. And a place that has the peace of God, believers that have peace of God, there are going to be unbelievers that walk in and say, wow, they've got something I do not have. And they should. They should see it. They should sense it. But we have to have it. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the mercy that you give to us and the long-suffering that you have with us. And as we fail you so often, as we miss uh, the, the peace that's available, uh, as we sometimes even walk away from it, uh, and we, uh, we, we try to uh, masquerade as though we have it, I pray that you would help us truly to look into our own soul. And may the Spirit of God work in our hearts, help us uh, to have peace that comes from you. And so I pray that you would help our people this morning. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You say, Pastor, uh, the Lord put his finger on something in my life this morning. I, I, I need that peace. I, I want that peace. And the Lord put his finger on something in my life that I need to work on. Nobody's looking around. Just as, testimony, just as you respond, say, that's, that's me this morning, Pastor. Just slip your hand up. Mine's up. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior. Let me encourage you to come today. If you don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you died, heaven would be your home. Don't pass up this opportunity to have peace with God. Now, Father, you know the needs of each person. I pray that you'd work in a special way, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's